Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Amen. Well, bump your neighbor, tell them they look good in church. And you can be seated in the house of the Lord. I want to preach this morning not too long, uh, but I want to preach real good. Everybody say, I'm ready to receive the Word of God. I am too. Open your Bible to the Gospel according to Mark. The Gospel according to Mark, chapter number 4. Chapter number 4, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 35. Jesus had just finished ministering to a group of people, and there was a boat that they were uh, about to get in, or or they they might have already been in it, but they were about to get in. And the Bible says uh, in verse 35 that he told the disciples, the Bible says, when the evening came, he said to them, let us pass over. Everybody say pass over. He said, let us pass over to the other side. You see, number one, I need you to understand something real, real quickly before we get out of the gate good. There's always another side. There's always a next thing. There, there is no, listen, if you still have a heart beating in your chest and breath in your lungs, there's another side for you. And the problem is sometimes we get so comfortable on this side. We don't want to go to the other side. Now, now the Bible says here, he says, when the evening was come, when the evening was come, he said, let's go to the other side. And for me in my life, that's what the Lord does. He waits till it's almost dark when you're not going to be able to really see anything and then tells you to go to the other side. I'm like, Lord, why didn't you tell me this morning? I could have seen the other side. I could have noticed what was out there. I could have seen all the obstacles. But he said, when the evening was come, I want you to go to the other side. In other words, I'm asking you to go to a place where you can't see everything in the natural because I'm trying to take you to a place where only faith can get you. When the evening has come, it's about to be dark. When God calls you to do something, it's almost never going to be the right time in your book. When God calls you to minister to somebody, you're almost always going to have something else to do. When God calls you to minister to that person, listen, they're probably going to call you about 1 o'clock in the morning. <sighs> I, can't, I can't sleep and everything you said. And every, your flesh is just going to be like, well, listen, I'll pray for you tomorrow morning, glory to God. But God's sitting there saying, he's sitting there stirring you up, saying, listen, there's another side. Somebody's trying to get you there. I know you can't see it all. I know there's rocks in between here and there. I know there's issues between here and there. We're going to find out in a minute. Storms rise up between here and there. But there is always another side and just because you can't see the other side doesn't mean God hasn't called you to go sometimes you just got to decide by faith this is what I'm going to do and then you never let go somebody said never let go you get to the you get to the place in faith where you say well if God's calling me to do it I'm just going to do it if God's calling me to honor my husband I'm going to honor my husband If God's calling me to honor my wife, 
to love and support and respect her. If God's calling me to do that, then I'm going to do it. If she says something to you that, that, doesn't, that, that doesn't fit in the mold of, of what somebody should say, that does not remove your responsibility to go to the other side. And I'm not saying go to the other side of the bed, glory to God. I'm not saying go to the other side of the house. I'm talking spiritually here. Y'all stay with me. There's something about living for God that for whatever reason, when he tells you to go to the other side, the lights are about to go off. When he tells you, to, and the reason they go off is because the Bible says, uh, uh, faith, uh, the Bible says that it is impossible to please God without faith and faith is what we cannot see. So he said, I want you to go to the other side, but everything you do in God's going to require faith. So he said, I told you to do that when evening times come, whenever it's about to get dark, because I'm going to need you to get there by faith. In other words, between here and there, there may be some obstacles, but it doesn't change the word of the living God. The Bible says, when evening was come, he said, let us pass over to the other side, verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there was also with him other ships. They took him. Somebody say, took him. They took Jesus. Don't you go anywhere without him. Don't you go. You might forget the other little ships. You might forget the biscuits and gravy. Glory to God. <laughs> you might forget the taquitos. Are we off track yet? Because I'm real close. We should pray and eat, bro. Don't you forget Jesus. Don't you forget Jesus. When you, when you, raise, when you raise up in the morning, when you rise up in the morning, don't you forget Jesus. Don't you forget when you walk into that job site and everybody's going to be talking all the things that you're against. Don't you forget Jesus. When you walk into the hospital room and you're about to lay hands on somebody, don't you forget Jesus. He makes you brave. He takes your, your weakness and flips it over and makes it strong. Don't you, when you're about to go on a vacation, don't you forget Jesus. We may vacate, but we don't vacate our faith. When you're, about to, when you're about to go and you're about to enter into a new business uh, venture, a new business transaction, don't you forget Jesus. You take Jesus everywhere you go. You say, well, well some of that stuff, I, I don't even understand it. You go, Jesus goes where he is invited. The presence of the living God can make the... My little boy recently was baptized in the Holy Ghost. He's eight. And so we were praying in tongues last night. If you've never prayed in tongues before, it's a powerful gift that God will give you. Uh, but like any gift, uh, uh, like any gift, it has a giver and a receiver. Uh, so we receive that gift. If you want it, it's always available to you. Uh, but that powerful gift. And so we were praying in the Holy Spirit. And so we were just talking. And I said, now listen, baby boy. I said, I need you to know. I said, you always do every day of your life, you pray in the Holy Spirit. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, uh, the Bible says you give God praise well. In other words, sometimes you're praying in tongues and you're literally praising God very well. Sometimes you're praying in the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says you're praying out mysteries. Have you ever just not known what to pray, but you did want to pray? The Bible says the Holy Spirit will, will, will pray for you, will intercede on your behalf as the Spirit gives utterance, the Scripture says. So literally, we'll pray out mysteries. 
uh, the Bible also says that when we pray in the Holy Spirit, that we edify ourselves, we build ourselves up. The scripture says, if I caught up here and I spoke in tongues for 20 minutes, I would be very, very built up in my spirit, man, but you wouldn't be built up because you wouldn't understand it. Therefore, uh, for you and for me, it's imperative that we pray in tongues so that we can build ourselves up so that we can be ready to go. So I'm having this conversation with my little boy who's eight. And I said, I said, you know, I said, every day, whether you feel it, whether you don't feel it, uh, whether, whether it sounds silly to you in your mind, your mind's never going to understand it. You, every day of the world for the rest of your life, you pray in the Holy Spirit. I've had, I remember one time, uh, I was at a gas station in Louisiana with a friend of mine and, and this guy cut in front of me and he had this real particular hat on. It said Corona on it. It was a beer hat. Uh, not that I care about a beer hat or not a beer hat. I just noticed that's what it was, very unique looking. And, and I remember thinking this guy came in and he cut in front of us in the line that, that was about to, we were about to pay for our, you know, our, our Dr. Pepper and our donuts or whatever we were buying. And I remember thinking, I thought, donuts, bro. Oh, Jesus, oh. Because they're donuts, oh. So this guy cuts us in line, and my, my buddy, he's like, he's like, hey, man, and, and I'm fixing to, you know, have to pull my buddy off this guy because this guy cut us in line. I'm like, that's cool, man. We're back. Jesus, take the wheel. We're fine. So we go to leave, and, and we're, we're gassing up. We're putting the, the nozzle back on the thing, get done, and all of a sudden, I see this guy drive by again, and I just notice the hat again. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, it, it just stood out to me like there was a spotlight on it. Not literally, but just stood out to me. I was like, okay. So then we're driving through Louisiana and we're coming back and, and we get to Lake Charles where there's a very big bridge. If you've ever been uh, Lake Charles, I believe it's I-10. There's a very big bridge right there. And we start to slow down and, and no more than a minute, maybe two minutes before us, there was a traffic accident and, and everybody was okay, thank God. But, but there was a traffic accident. So we're coming by it. Before the police got there, everybody was okay. We're driving by and all of a sudden, there's a guy standing there talking on his cell phone. Obviously, you're calling a loved one or calling the police, whatever he was calling to report it. And, and, and he was wearing that hat. And I drove by, or as we drove by, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, that was for you, but you prayed that out in the Holy Ghost, and now you're on the way home. Come on, give God a hand of praise. You can pray out mysteries. You say, had I been praying in tongues the whole day? No, I'm just driving. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that was for you. That accident was for you. You can pray out mysteries. I'm not telling you that that guy was, was not holy or anything like that. I'm just telling you, you can, isn't it better if you just don't have to go through everything the devil wants you to go through? I wouldn't have been hurt if there was an accident because I'm not going to be harmed. The Bible says God gives his angels charge over me. I don't even twist my ankle. But I don't want to have the slowdown. If I'm in Louisiana, the number one thing I'm thinking about is getting back to Texas. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to stop me crawfish and then I want to get back to Texas as quick as possible. But the, you can pray out mysteries in the Holy Spirit. 
So I'm telling my son, I'm teaching him. I said, now listen, every day of the world, every day of the world, long as you're on this planet, you pray in the Holy Spirit every single day. And he, he says to me, he, I, said, I said, even when you feel like he goes, you know what I found, Dad? I said, what? And I, I, don't, I thought he was fixing to change the subject to fishing or something because that's his MO. He said to me, he goes, I have found that praying in the Spirit is a lot easier when I'm worshiping. I said, that is correct. He said, why is that? I said, because the atmosphere shifts when the people of God begin to worship. The atmosphere turns when the people of God begin to worship. The Holy Spirit begins to get stirred up and moved. Have you ever watched a, a, a pot of water? You put it on the stove and even before it's boiling, you can tell something's fixing to happen. A couple of bubbles pop up on the side and then all of a sudden you hit 212 degrees and that same water that was doing nothing now is moving and shaking and shifting. Sometimes we just keep applying heat through worship until the Holy Spirit really begins to move. But when we pray in the Spirit, we pray things out uh, that we don't know. So the Scripture says, uh, as they, 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 they took Jesus with him, and there were also other ships with him. Verse 37, there arose a great storm. Just leave those Scriptures up there. There arose a great storm, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was full, so that the ship was about to sink. If you're taking notes, write this down. Storms don't always mean you are off track. Sometimes storms mean you are on track. Jesus is the one that told them to go to the other side. Jesus is the one that told them to get in the boat and go to the other side. And a storm showed up. Sometimes you can be doing exactly what God told you to do. And the winds and the waves of life are still going to rise up. The enemy is going to be trying to throw things in your way. Sometimes you can be doing everything that you're supposed to do. And the spirit that is anti-God is going to try to rise up and stop you from doing. The Bible says that the, that the winds and the waves, they beat on the ship so much that the ship was about to sink and the Bible says that the, that the disciples uh, uh, they went to Jesus verse, verse, uh, uh, next verse 38 he was in the hinder part of the ship Jesus was in the bottom of the boat asleep on a pillow and the Bible says that the disciples woke him up and said master care us not that we perish in other words, Jesus, the, the boat is about to sink. Now, the hinder part of the boat means the bottom and the back of the boat, which means it's very possible, since the Bible says the boat was full of water, that Jesus is actually in a room full of water. Now, we know he's capable of walking on water. I wonder if he wasn't just sleeping on some water down there. But the Bible says the boat is about to sink. The disciples, who most of them are fishermen, are terrified for their life. And they come down to Jesus and they wake him up. And he's in the bottom of the boat sleeping like a Galilean baby in the middle of the storm that everybody else is losing their mind about. The reality is, is the disciples found out in that moment and thank God for the word of God because now we know that God will give you the peace that surpasses all of your understanding. 
The, the scripture says Jesus is there and, and he's asleep on the bottom of the boat. The boat's about to sink. He's sleeping in the bottom of it on a pillow and the disciples run down. Later, Jesus would say this to him. He says, let me tell you something. I'm giving you peace, but I'm not giving you peace like the world gives you peace because the world's peace is what's called circumstantial. When your circumstances are correct, you have peace. When everything's going good, you have peace. But Jesus gives the peace, the Bible says, that surpasses all of our understanding. Who in the world sleeps in the bottom of a boat when it's about to sink? The one who had said, we're going to the other side. When God has given you a word, a word is all you need. If he said you're going to the other side, let the winds of life blow. Let the storms rage. Let the issues show. If we're going to the other side, we are going to. Somebody say this. Say, I'm going to the other side. Let the winds blow. Feels good, doesn't it? You start feeling bold on your inner man, on your inner woman. You start feeling strong on the inside. I'm going to the other side. Let the winds blow. Start walking with a little spiritual swagger. Your spirit man, your spirit woman is, is walking and you, you're just feeling it yourself. And somebody said, why you walk like that? Say, I'm just so blessed. My spirit man is not weak. Because my spirit man is a new thing. God took all of the things out of me and he replaced them with the good. You, you, you see, he doesn't change. And if he said it, the Bible says this. It says his word will not return void. That means it will not come back to him the same way it left. It will accomplish what he said. So the minute he told you that you and your whole house will be saved, those prodigal sons and daughters lost a say in the matter. They're coming back. I don't know if it's today, I don't know if it's tomorrow, but beyond a shadow of any doubt, when he said they are coming to, uh, to the knowledge of Christ, they are coming to Christ. If he said, let's go to the other side, let the winds blow. I'm going to the other side. The scripture says uh, that they asked him, and said, don't you care if we perish? Have you ever prayed that prayer? I mean, don't, just don't, don't, don't raise your hand. But have you ever prayed? Oh, God. Oh, God. There's just, just so much going on in Jesus' name. Oh. And God's like, bro, I flung the stars in the sky. You think I can't deal with a storm? I flung the stars in the sky. I, 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 I defeated death, hell, and the grave with one mighty swoop. I split the east. I will split the eastern sky one day. You don't have to worry. Every minute of worry is a moment you could be in faith. Faith and worry don't go together. Worry is faith in the opposite direction. Worry is faith. And the opposite, don't you care if we perish? The Bible says he knows how many hairs are on your head. Of course he cares. Don't you remember when, when you know, we, we feel like this, when we found him, but maybe it's more accurate, when he found us. Don't you remember that day? Don't you remember what it was like when, when you realized that he didn't just die for everybody, he died for you. Don't you remember what it was like 
when you realize that he saved you from not just hell, that's big enough, but he saved you from yourself. All your insecurities and your failures and your shortcomings, he just took them from you. He said, no, 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 you're the the head, you're not the tail. I know what they said about you, but listen to what I'm saying about you. I know how you felt, but I, I want you to know how I feel. I know what you're thinking, but I want you to know what I think. Amen. The scripture says that they praise it. Don't you care if we perish? The scripture says, and he arose. Somebody say arose. arose. You can stop right there all day. But I just don't know what I'm going to do. He arose. If he hadn't risen from the dead, we would have a problem. But he arose. Doctor comes in. I'm so sorry. I don't want to tell you this, but this, 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 this. Flood of emotions comes in your body. Then you remember, but he arose. He is not dead. If he was dead, it would be a problem. Somebody say, that would be a problem. (laughs) But he arose. The Bible says, he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. There was peace. Same place the storm was. Now there's peace. God can speak to your situation in a moment, in an instant, and the same place there was a storm, instantly there is peace. The Bible says that he was asleep on the bottom of the boat. The boat was about to sink. Disciples came and said, Jesus, don't you care if we're going to die? And Jesus gets up and he walks to the front of the boat and he's leaning out on the edge of it like this. And the wind's blowing in his face. And he puts his hands back and he goes, I'm the king of the world. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, somebody started singing, Near, far, wherever you are. Somebody said, get it back, pastor. All right, I'm back. The Bible says he gets up out of the bottom of the boat. He walks up on deck and he rebuked the wind. That word rebuke is a powerful word. That word rebuke, rebuke literally means that he shouted at the wind in a threatening manner. Ooh, I like that. He shouted at the wind and the waves in a threatening manner. You let me tell you something. You mess with Crystal, she's gonna like she's gonna forgive you eight million jillion times. But if you mess with her kids, roar! Jesus sleep on the bottom of the boat. They wake up. Oh, Jesus, I don't. We buy Paris. Jesus walks up to the bottom of the boat. He said, "Wind, waves, sit down and shut your mouth and leave my kids alone." 
The Bible says he rebuked the wind and the waves. The Bible says, he, the one translation, if we were writing it today, it wouldn't be that he said, peace be still. They wrote it that way because they were doing the best they could with the information they had. But it was more like an idiom. It was more like a saying. It was more like he stood up and, stood up and said, shut your mouth and be still in a threatening manner. As if to say, if you keep this up, I'm going to do it now. You know what's coming, devil. You know what's coming. But if you keep this up, if you try to stop me from what I am doing, if you try to stop my people from what they... When I said we're going to the other side, we are going to the other side. He said, peace. Be still. He, 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 he threatened the storm. He threatened what was trying to stop the will of God from taking place in the disciples' life. My question today is, the storm that you're in, are you talking about it or are you talking to it? Because it will do what you tell it to do. Throw up Mark chapter, chapter 11, verse number 23. Verily I say unto you that whosoever, somebody say whosoever. Say that's me. Verily I say unto you that I, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever. Somebody say whatsoever. He shall have whatsoever he says. Be thou removed and be cast into the sea. Whoever shall say unto the mountain. The problem is we're going through storms and we're enduring the storms when the storm is waiting on us to tell it what to do. The disciples are, are, are losing their mind. They're not sure what to do. We're not mad about them because they don't know everything yet. They're still getting to know all this faith stuff just like we are. They're getting to know it all. They wake Jesus up. The Bible says later, Jesus said, these things and greater shall you do. You, you got a problem with your, with your, with your kids and the, the relationship isn't where you want it to be. You start, you, you walk your house at night. Let the kids sleep. That's fine. And you start telling that thing. You said, no, no, no. You're not going to mess with my relationship. You're not going to mess with my home. You're not going to mess with my children. You get your hands up. You be quiet. Peace be still. Tic-tac-toe is a game. Checkers is a game. Chess, even though nobody really understands it, is a game. But messing with your family is not a game. Peace be still. Jesus said, whatsoever you say. Oh, it ain't never going to be right with my mother-in-law. It ain't never going to be right with my kids. I'm never going to have enough. We're never going to have a savings account. You keep talking that Gertrude and it's going to show up. Whatsoever you say. I'm wondering if when the storms come, if we could do something really interesting, if we could just do what the Bible says, and we could tell the mountain to be removed. If we could tell the storm, 
peace, be still. Because the storm is not the problem. The problem is what are we saying in the storm? The, the scripture continues. Jesus says, there arose a great storm and the waves beat in the boat. He was in the hinder part of the boat asleep on a pillow. They woke him. He said, don't you care that we're going to die? He rose. He rebuked the storm, said to the sea, peace be still. The wind ceased and there was great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? Have you no faith? Why are you so fearful? Jesus asked them, why are you fearful? Because it was like an elephant being afraid of a mouse. When you get in Jesus, the authority from the world in the world shifts to your mouth. The Bible says the power of life and death is in your tongue. Choose life. The scripture calls your tongue a rudder because a rudder determines which direction a ship is going to go. So when you speak the word of God, all of a sudden, the enemy, he doesn't have a choice but listen. He, he, he doesn't, it's not, he, he doesn't have, he has no authority. The Bible says Jesus not only went to hell for you and me, came back, but the Bible says he brings the keys. The keys means the authority. He put the authority in your mouth. The problem is, it's not an option. If you're not saying it, or you're saying it the opposite direction, the same Bible is true. If you're speaking it the opposite direction, this will be the result, the opposite direction. Because whatsoever you say, that's what you'll have. If you tell the mountain, you are one big mountain. I'm so tired of you being here, but you're so big. And you're the strongest mountain I've ever seen. That mountain's just sitting there flexing its muscles at you, looking at you. And if you took the opposite stance and you said you know what I'm going to believe what God said I'm going to believe that is a big mountain but mountain you be removed and you be cast into the sea he said what do I do if I wake up the next day and it's still there the Bible says knock and the door will be open to you you keep knocking in other words you look the same mountain in the face say oh you're still here get out of my way and get in the sea Next day, get out of my way and get in the sea. I don't care if it's one rock at a time. I don't care if it's the whole mountain. And I don't care if God just gives me power and I leap over it. The mountain does not have the authority in my life. It's about believing God in the face of adversity. Jesus showed us the key in this moment. You got a storm? He says, why don't you just shout in the storm? Why don't you just shout in the storm? You, you see, it's powerful because he said to him, he says, we need to go to the other side. And Jesus never tells you to do something for no reason. There's always another reason. And it's going to include your benefit, but it's not all about you. Bump your neighbor and say, it's not all about you. Bump your other neighbor and say, you either. It's really not. There's a tension a correct tension in the kingdom 
There's a correct tension in the kingdom where it's benefiting you, but it's also benefiting others. It's this tension that makes everything. See, you take a, a string on a guitar and it has to be the right tension. And when it's the right tension, now it makes the right note. Now it makes the right. There has to be a tension. It's going to benefit you. But see, God's causing all things to work together for good. He's causing them all to work together for good. But this tension, it's not all about you. If it was all about you, uh, that'd be one thing, but that's not in the Bible. It's not all about you. He said we're going to the other side. The reason he said we're going to the other side, it was a place called Gadara or the Gadarenes. And there was one man there, the Bible says, that was so vexed by the devil that he was cutting himself. He was chained uh, in, the, in the graveyard. He stripped himself naked and he would beat people up all the time. He was just totally possessed by the devil. Jesus was going to get off of that boat on the other side. He was going to take his wonderful Galilean foot, step on the sand, and the devil was going to come and lay at his feet and says why do you torment me the presence of God torments the devil that's why he doesn't want you at church that's why he doesn't want you listening to praise and worship music and podcasts and teaching and listening to Christian television that's why the presence of God just totally it it destroys the works of the devil I just feel so weak I don't know why don't you turn it up a little bit and listen to him scream for a while it destroys the works of the devil. Jesus walks on the beach. The man comes up. He says, he says, oh, oh, oh. And, and the devil says, we know who you are, Jesus. He said, we, because the man had like 6,000 devils in him. 6,000. He says, he says, we know who you are. I adjure you that you torment me not. And Jesus, Jesus said, you be quiet for a minute. I'm not interested in talking to you. I'm going to talk to him. Because Jesus didn't care about the devil. He cared about the man the devil was messing with. He said, I tell you what, you get out of here and go get in the pigs. And all the devils go jump in the pigs. The pigs go jump off a cliff. The same spirit of suicide, which was trying to kill that man, which God kept alive for that moment, got in those pigs. But the pigs weren't made in the likeness of image of God. They couldn't deal with it. They jumped right off the cliff. The Bible says the man jumps up. He says, I want to go with you. And Jesus said, no, I know. But I'm only going to be here a little while. I need you to go tell others what I've done for you. The gatherings. Jesus told them the night before, we need to go to the other side. Jesus gets done healing the man, setting him free. He gets right back on the boat. The Bible says, I need you to go to the other side. The reason you need to go to the other side was because there was a man that was going to get set free. And then that man was going to start a revival, which was going to change an entire region. The Bible says, Whom, the, the person who's been forgiven of much loves a bunch. Nobody in the gatherings is going to love God more than that guy because he was set free from so many different things. To the gatherings, the Bible says, I need you to go to the other side. It, it's, it's something because when we're in Christianity, if we're going to be a baby about it, we think it's all about us. But when, when we open our eyes, then we see, no, he didn't tell me to go to the other side just so I would get a tan and see another beach. There's somebody on the other side of your storm that needs what you have to say. So when you're in the storm, you have to recognize the storm doesn't mean you're in the wrong place. The storm means the devil doesn't want you to get where God has told you to go. So when you're in the middle of the valley, when you're in the middle of the storm, I'm asking if you can't just 
shout anyway. I'm asking if you can't tell the storm to move. I want you to commit to this. For the next seven days, I want you to pray like this. I want you to make your request, whatever it is. And then I want you to add this line to it. It's like a test. Add this line to it. And that's exactly how I would like it to be. Because if what you are praying is not exactly how you would like it to be, then you need to pray differently. If all you're praying is the problem and you're not promoting the promises, the Bible says you'll have whatsoever you say. So when you pray, you say, you say well, I'm, I'm sick in my body. Lord, I, I just, I'm just so sick in my body. And you know that. I'm just so sick in my body. But you're always there for me. I'm so sick in my body. In the name of Jesus, uh, that's exactly how I want it to be. Whoa. Here's the difference. God, I thank you that I am healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. My body might not know it yet, but I am healed. I am set free. I am set apart. No symptom is staying on my body. I will walk boldly into the kingdom of heaven. I will live this thing out and I know you are with me and I won't be sick another day in my life. And that's exactly how I would want it to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever you say. He said, I need you to go to the Gadarenes. I need you to go to the other side. Gadarenes, and I don't want to bore you with the Greek. But it's more, it's more aptly pronounced Gadarenos in the Greek. And it's crazy. You can look it up yourself and close them with this. It literally means reward at the end. Jesus said, I want you to go to the reward at the end. And the devil came and said, no, you're our wind waves. And Jesus is like, oh, precious is my flow that washes white as snow. Nothing but the blood of me. He's just sleeping. The peace that surpasses all understanding is all over him. The devil's going, don't go to the reward at the end. And baby Christianity would think, yeah, my reward's going to be a new gold necklace. My reward's going to be a new house. And it can be that at different times in your life. But the real reward is when God uses you to set somebody else free. Stand to your feet, please. God will use you to set somebody else free. The question is, in the storm, can you speak to the wind? Can you speak to the waves? I love the way Jesus, the Bible said he, he spoke to him threatening. I wonder what he really said, because, you know, we just have the recollection. I wonder if he didn't say something like, if you know, you know who I am, you know my name, you better sit and be still. I'm not playing any games with you. I was taking a nap. You made my disciples wake me up. You, you know my name. I believe, I believe what happened 
after that is that same spirit. The Bible says that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. I believe he was up there were, uh, moving the wind and the waves and the storm and everything was going crazy. And Jesus told him to be quiet. And I believe that demon flew over to the man at the Gadarenes and he talked to his 6,000 brother. He said, man, y'all better be careful because Jesus is on the way over here. And the devil's like, what are we going to do, man? I don't know. He just told me to shut up, and I did. (laughs) What do you think I should do? Well, I don't know. Try falling on your face in front of him and being fake in your worship. Oh, Jesus, we know who you are. Please don't torment us. He told them the same thing. Shut your mouth. Whatever you say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. whatever you say, my relationship with my husband is not where I wish it was. My, wife, my relationship with my wife is not where I wish it was. I thank you, God, that my relationship is stronger every day of the world in the name of Jesus. And that's exactly how I would like it to be. That's how we pray. And that's exactly how I would like it to be. Come on, let's say it together. That's exactly how I'd like it to be. Whatever you say, that's what you'll have. Whatever you say, that's what you'll have. I hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.